Hey, real quick, would you like to join me for a fun and super practical challenge to increase your online visibility? The Visibility Kickstarter Challenge is hosted by my friend Alina Vincent, who, if you don't know, she is the queen of online challenges. <clears throat> and that means that this is going to be one of the most actionable, value-packed, and fast-to-implement challenges that you have ever been a part of. I recently used her challenge method in my last launch, and it was the most effective challenge we have ever run, and it was easier than any, ever, any challenge we've ever run uh, as well. It is completely free, so if you want to join me, I'll be there. Head over to jenlaner.com forward slash 084 to sign up. And again, that's jenlaner, L-E-H-N-E-R.com forward slash 084. Hey guys, it's Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, and you're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast with our girl, Jen. Our guest today is the founder and chief inspiration officer of the Top Ranked Inspiration Place podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts ever. She inspires art lovers to reconnect with their creativity, learn new skills and techniques, and profit from their art. After witnessing the 9-11 terrorist attacks, she abandoned a lucrative hedge fund job to work on her art full-time. Rejecting the starving artist myth, her art has been seen on NBC, published in art magazines and home decor books, and collected worldwide. Make sure to subscribe to her podcast for sure by going to shulmanart.com slash iTunes. You are going to love it. Miriam Shulman, welcome back to the show. Well, hey, Jen, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited. You are a return guest, and I really only have a couple of return guests to this show, so I think that says a lot. And today we're going to talk about bringing on help in our businesses, and specifically, I want to talk to you about um, how you brought people into your business, both as an artist and as the other end of your business, which is the marketing genius that you are. Oh, you're so kind. The reason I'm so excited to talk to you about this is because of all the help that you gave me. I had had help in my business for many years, but when COVID happened and I had to transition to a remote team, I hadn't done that. I had always had very traditional, somebody came to my studio and helped me pack my art prints and worked on the computer and I stood over them and I micromanaged them. And I had no idea how I would make the transition to a remote team. So I'm real excited to talk about that with you also. All right. Yes, definitely. So let's do that. So first, let's talk about what does your team look like now? Okay, so it's a pretty big team, but they're not all full time. So I do have one, I would actually have to say two full time people, one full person who is full time, meaning 30 hours a week. And actually, now she has even benefits. This is the gal who's been working for me for years. And last year, besides COVID, she had told me she wanted to move to Vermont. So I knew I'd had had to make that transition regardless to 
a remote team. So, but she's my main person. And then also last year with your help, I added an overseas VA who also works up to 30 hours a week. So those are my two main team players. And then everybody else are more or less contractors. So I have a podcast editor. I have someone who helps me out running the Facebook ads. And I want to say that's it. But I feel like I pay other people all the time. So you know, those bills go out. What's that? I said the bills go out. So I feel like I pay more people, but I think <laughs> that's the main one. All right. Well, so, but when you first started, like, did you have help? How long did you wait before you added help? And what did your team look like in the very beginning? Just your local person? Okay. So in the very beginning, as most people had nobody, but then my business was so much smaller. I was just painting and getting paid to paint and selling paintings. And then there is a really great program in my local high school where the kids get to intern instead of going to class. And I was approached by one of those high school students. And that was such an amazing experience. I was able to offload so many tasks that did not need to be done by me. So this is when I didn't have a podcast. I didn't have online art classes yet. I was just selling art on my website and on Etsy. And so many of those tasks a high school student could do. So after that, were they they a paid intern? That person was not because she was getting Mm -hmm. credit. But after that, I started having summer interns, paid summer interns who would come to my studio and I would do all this task. And after I I forget how many summers of that, I finally had enough of this temporary help. And that's when I decided I needed to hire somebody all year. And that is when I actually found Anna. So she is the person who moved to Vermont, who's full time with me, but she started off working for me as a college student, 10 hours a week. And she was actually a lot of times in your physical space, right? Like the whole time, the whole time. Like, so I didn't understand how that whole thing worked, how you could actually communicate with somebody who wasn't there as much as I am online. I just didn't get it. Right. Well, but then COVID hits and she moves to Vermont. So then how did you make that transition to a remote team? Okay. So yeah, I I mean, I was starting to prepare myself mentally for it. I, you know, in the back of my mind, I just kept hoping that, you know, she was moving with her boyfriend because they wanted, they had this dream of moving to Vermont. I kept sending the boyfriend um, job listings in New York to try to keep them here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I love I really, it. I really in. did not want that to happen. I did right. not see how this was ever going to work. Yeah. So, but she, so COVID happened at the same time, pretty much that she was moving anyway. So I okay. was, it was, it was happening. And as long as she was going remote, we needed some extra help in our business too. So I couldn't add anybody else in person. But what is the exact question? How did I make that happen? You know, you shared that you really couldn't conceive, you were so used to having this person like in your physical space helping you with your day-to-day stuff and you really couldn't imagine going virtual, but yet like you ended up having to be, did you, did she stay on virtually? Yes, she did. Yes, 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 she's full-time. So now we have, we're doing two team meetings a week. So, and by the team, I don't meet with all the contractors. We meet, so Anna and also 
my overseas VA, Zia, we meet now twice a week. We were doing once a week. It wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And I feel also that mentally, myself and my team, we need that synchronous interaction. So when we were only communicating via, and you ha- in between, we do communicate now via Slack and Loom videos. But I feel it's really grounding for the team, for their morale and myself as well to have that interaction where the three of us can get together and not just talk about what has to get done, but also celebrate the work we've done and compliment them and have them see me smile at them or crack a joke for them. So we do that about twice a week. And I do that 9am because that is a time that works for everybody. And it just starts us off on the right foot. And we do that twice a week. And then in between it, we communicate via Slack. And also I'll create Loom videos if I really need to explain something and it's not convenient for us to meet over Zoom. But what I love about those Loom videos, and I owe this to you, Jen, so thank you, is how we're actually able to create repeatable systems. So, and I'm not the only one who creates those Loom videos. Anna creates Loom videos and she gives them to Zia. So that is really how I've been able to grow from an artist who was just selling my art to having a podcast, having online classes, running a coaching business and scaling everything that I'm doing so that I can help more people. Okay. So there's a couple of things to unpack. So when Anna left, you were like, okay, let's figure out how we can make this virtually. At that point, you didn't have your overseas VA, correct? Correct. And then at what point in that process did you bring in your, like how long had you been working virtually with Anna or did you join Front Row CEOs like right then? Yeah, it was like very perfect timing because I had joined it and I was thinking about adding on a person to help Anna an overseas VA anyway. So then I was able to take all that you taught me about training the VA and Basically with Anna, I says, okay, I know you've been working with me for a long time, but we're going to pretend like we're just getting started. I took her through the entire onboarding process. We even have like the, the, we do the nightly check-ins that you recommend. Mm -hmm. And I know you recommend just to do that when you're onboarding, but we actually still do it every night. They check in with me, which I love because that is a great time for them to just celebrate what they got done and see what they've accomplished, but also to ask me any questions that might be holding them back. So we yeah, don't really so have you elaborate gaps. on what that is on that, that, that shared Google sheet check-in. Yeah. So we have a channel on Slack called team check-ins and that's where they do it. So they're saying what they got done and it's just like a bullet list of, of things they got done, what they might be stuck. And if they have any questions and the most valuable part are the questions for me. So when they say, oh, wait a minute, they need to know this and I'm the bottleneck here. Do you also ask them, um, because when I teach it, the third question is, do you have any suggestions? That's my favorite question. Yeah, that's there too. That is there too. They don't use that as much as maybe (laughs) I'd like, but, (laughs) but but the second one, the second one definitely gets used for sure. So with Anna, 
you just treated Anna like, okay, you're brand new and we're going to go through all this as if you're brand new and we're starting fresh. So I love that. And right. Then- I made her sign everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, I said, you're going to do the weekly check-ins. One of my biggest stumbling blocks is, well, is like, you can't see them working. And then you were like, oh, well, you just have them sign into this thing and it, it keeps track of their time. I was like, oh, that's well, not only that, this particular software, which I only recommend using in the beginning, but it also captures their screen of their computer with their consent. But like every 10 minutes, if you you could set it to be that frequent so that it also lines up with the time that they're doing on whatever tasks. So if you ever wanted to check in and be like, are they watching YouTube videos or are they actually doing the work, which can be, to be honest with you, that is comforting to a, someone who is new to working with somebody virtually. I think it's a comfort to just sort of feel like they have some sort of like control and that they're not going to get completely, you know, taken advantage of, but really it's uh, by the time you get through I mean, would you agree? I think by the time you get through the screening process that I lay out, at that point, the candidates that you get are really good. And so I've never had anyone actually go through my program and come back and say, oh my gosh, this person tricked me. They were fudging hours. It's really more, that part of the software is really more about giving the CEO the feeling of security. But then soon people just tend to let that go. It's just a sort of a way of feeling like they have some sense of control, but the timekeeper is very helpful because not even just as a way of monitoring the person, it's more of a way of you understanding how to budget. Um, oh, it's, t- and also seeing how efficacious, is that right? I know it's, it's right for the word for vaccines, but like, can you say a person is efficacious? I don't know. I've been hearing that's, efficacious. That's not in efficacious. My well, it's a beautiful <laughs> word. And so we're going to say, you can see how effective they are being. It's you probably- know, I actually never, I, maybe I checked the screen thing twice. Right. I mean, I forgot to turn it off though. Should I turn it off? Like I forgot to, that I was supposed to turn it off eventually. But I don't uh, well, they anymore. know it's on. So yeah, I think you could, and, you, and, and when you do turn it on, I would make sure and let them know, Hey, I, you could just mention it in your staff meeting. Like, Hey, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but I forgot that screenshots were being taken. I'm turning that off now. I think oh, would be. I'm going to do that because yeah. um, I've never I don't check it anyway. So there's no reason for them for me to pretend I'm checking it. And it probably oh, slows, right. it, and it probably slows down their computer. Right. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but if nothing else, I think it would just be it'll it'll make them because they do know they there's some sort of notification on their end. So they do know it's not like every time the screenshot happens that like a flash of light goes off, but they they just know. So if you let them know that you're turning that off. So take us back to where you were. Okay, I don't remember where I was, but uh, <laughs> b- but both of both of my um, my two main team players they actually like the time tracking. At least I think they do, uh, because like they're able to say to me, "Hey, you know, I only have a few hours left this week, and based on the priority, what do you really need me to get done?" So it really helps us to kind of manage our time effectively. So that's what I like about it. And then I will either have to make a judgment. Do I want to give somebody more hours if they can do more hours? Is that something I really want to do? And I try not to do it, not because of saving money, but I don't want to burn them out. 
I really feel, you know, with the time that they're given 30 hours is really enough time for to, to work during the week. And I rather if they give them a bonus or a gift or something else to, to help them along. So how did you find the process? Like, how was the experience for you in hiring this person, this overseas person? Yeah, well, you made it like ridiculously easy, which I loved. I didn't have to think twice about anything because there's so many things that would have put got my panties in a bunch along the way. Like, well, what do you what do you put in that application? What do you give them as a test task? What do you say next? I like all that you just like did for me. It just made it easier. It's like it's like Mad Libs, change things, send it out, and. I had three candidates after I went through the process of, I mean, I had, there was a lot of quality people, but after the interview, it was clear. I narrowed it down to three. And after the test week, I had my secret favorite or not secret favorite because that's who I hired. And it was more hiring on personality at that point. Like, who did I really want to work with the most? Who did I feel was the best communicator? Mm -hmm. And that's what I was looking for was how well she communicated and her communication style, especially since it's a remote person. I knew how critical that would be. And that has and how how long is well, this whole time, like how well she can communicate with me. And that, you know, and a lot of people think that they're going to hire overseas and that the person is not going to be able to speak English. Oh, and um, yeah, I was I'm glad you brought that up because I don't even mean how well she speaks English mm-hmm. because I've had other team people. We didn't even talk about this. I've had other American in person people come work for me where the communication was terrible. And so it was based on those past experiences with my American help that I knew what to look out for. I wanted the balance between like I had one woman for customer service. I thought I needed an extrovert, but she was so chatty. I couldn't get her to stop talking. So then the next person I got for that role was so introverted. She never spoke up. I was like, well, that's not good either. You know, it's like the Goldilocks. So now Zia is just like the perfectly made, I don't want to say bed because that's, it has a connotation to it, but I'm talking about Goldilocks. (laughs) She's like the perfect porridge. Love it. Yes. Yes. The perfect porridge. Okay. So she, her, that's, that's what I meant by communication style because all the people who applied their English was beautiful. In fact, there was one gal who I interviewed who I think she was like a literature major. She loved to read. You know, it was like these people were incredibly educated. You know, something a lot of people don't realize is that the people that are applying for these positions are, um, first of all, education is extremely important in the Philippines. Most people do speak English very, very well. And so a lot of times it's not uncommon that the people who are going through front row CEO and they go through my process, they'll come back to me and be like, this person is a lawyer. This person, (laughs) this person is a pediatrician. This person is a pharmacist, you know, not, you know, but minimally, minimally, most of them did have a bachelor's degree. So that is definitely has not been an issue. How long has Zia been with you? Okay, it's going to be a year in April, right? Because that's when, wow. when did you run Front Row CEO in 2020? Was that a March? couple of times? So in the spring and in the fall. So you did yeah, the so spring. So I did it run. in the yeah. spring. So like mm-hmm. I said, COVID is when I was looking at the sites during that, right. lot, when we first locked down oh, March yeah. 2020. So it's been about a full year. Or so in April, yeah, it'll be a full year. So I think 
um, we're going to end up with a lot of artists and creative people who end up hearing this episode. And they're thinking like, uh, since when do artists have help? Like, is that a thing? Like, okay. This is such a good question. First of all, I just want to say right off the bat, (laughs) number one, if your dream involves just you, your dream is too small. Ooh, limit yourself. Say that again. That is so good. Yeah. If your dream doesn't require more than just you, your dream is too small. I'm stealing that. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I made it up. So steal away, but I can't, I don't remember who said it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now this is something that artists have always done. Leonardo da Vinci, Rubens, Michelangelo, they all had studios. And not only that, it wasn't just that they were doing the grunt work. They actually had artists like on the easel, like kind of, oh, could you just fill in this area Mm. over here with green paint? You know, they basically, yeah, Andy Warhol, all of them. Anyone who was like the, the brand names, they had help. They had apprentices. Oh, whether it's whether it's one person or a whole studio. And usually the bigger the name is, the bigger the studio. So just from the artist end of things, you as an artist, how do your VAs help you? Okay. With, I'm going to with just, the art part. I'm going to list off like just from the, this is just off the top of my head. And I'm not even going to talk about podcasting and online classes because okay. we know there's a ton of work there. Right, 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 okay. right. right, right. That's so we're sure. just going to talk about if you are a solo artist selling your, uh, doesn't even have to be paintings, whatever it is. You're somebody selling stuff, any handmade stuff on Etsy. Okay. So who is researching the tags for Etsy? Who's uploading stuff for you for Instagram, who are creating your Insta story graphics, who's putting stuff on Facebook for you. You want to spend hours and hours of your day behind the computer doing all that stuff? Or do you want to spend more of your time painting? So even if you, well, no one's going to touch my painting, like, you know, fine. You want to be the one painting, then you need somebody else to do that stuff behind the computer, like researching SEO uh, keywords for your website, copying the description that you wrote for your website from that onto maybe one of these print on demand sites and then putting all the tags for there. There's a tremendous amount of work that an assistant can help you with because that's really what my summer high school students did for me. So um, would this work, what about for the person who maybe doesn't have an online presence yet, but they're doing, um, you know, art in the park and they, they yeah, go okay. to craft fairs and All stuff right, like stop, that. Stop talking because <laughs> <laughs> yes, if that is your business. You don't have a business because Ooh. look what happened in 2020. People who were relying on art in the park, the bottom fell out from under them. Mm-hmm. You have to have an email list. You have to stay in touch with your customers. The people who did okay, who survived 2020, those artists Mm -hmm. are the ones who had an email list, who were emailing people in between those shows, not just waiting for some stranger to come to the booth, people who are nurturing their customers all the time. Such a good point. And you teach people how to do that in your your programs, right? Yeah, that's right. And and like, it's amazing how, you know, people can go from zero to 60 just with learning some basic marketing. Wow. 
Okay. I have another question regarding the task list. Cause that, that is something I, I hear all the time is like, yeah, I just don't even know. Number one, I don't know what I would give to a VA. Number two, I just don't have my stuff together enough. I don't have systems. My business is a mess. How am I going to bring somebody into this mess when, you know, it's like everything is sort of duct tape. So I've been talking a lot and you know this because I was trying to come up with a name for it. I still haven't really come up with it. It was like perpetual revenue drivers. And you were like, that's gross. (laughs) (laughs) That's a terrible name. You're like so bro marketer. Okay. Um, Yeah. What can I just say what I can't, what I told you to call it? Yes. This is your swipe left list. Love that. Okay. So my, my I don't know if everybody would get it though. I will will explain it right now. So women who are our age who aren't dating anymore maybe you don't know this but like on the on well you have on your email right when you swipe left to get rid of something if you like somebody you swipe right and if you don't like them you swipe left so want to swipe left to get rid of all the tasks you don't want to do so that's what you start with all the things that you just don't want to do And as you get more comfortable with handing things over, then you start to learn, well, there are some things that maybe I like doing, but maybe they shouldn't be done by me. Uh And then you move those things over as well. Okay. But the perpetual revenue driving tasks that I'm talking about are those tasks when you don't have anything or you think you don't. Like once people get going with their VA, they realize that, oh my gosh, I'm going to hand off this and this and this. And then, you know, they never run out of things. But in the beginning, it's tough. And so what I always say is even if you don't have any systems, even if you don't have an immediate list or you don't feel prepared, there's this other thing that you can give to a VA. And that's the name I haven't come up with. So listeners, if you have suggestions, please tell me. Swipe left, I'm definitely going to use because that is like the swipe left on the crap you don't want to do like that. That is the first place to start if you're able to give that list to someone and get them moving. But if you can't, these tasks are the ones that, for example, they can always do no matter whether or not you give them a list, okay? So that you're not constantly, they're not coming back to you going, finish, what's next? Finish, what's next? Okay, so it's perpetual stuff that they can do that is always going to be driving revenue eventually. So for example, finding guest spots for you on podcasts, Mm -hmm. right? That is something that can always be done. And if you don't know how to do that, like I always recommend this course, I'll put a link to it in in the show notes that I just found recently. Of course, I cannot remember the name of it, but it's like a $27 course that actually shows you everything you need to know about how to research the right spots for any particular person to be on a podcast, their contact information, then uh, how to find their contact information and the templates for writing the email to get the person on the show, the follow-up sequence, the calendar for doing that, all of that. That's something you purchase the $27 course, you give it to your virtual assistant. And if there's nothing else for them to do, if all they are doing every day of the week is outreach to get you booked on their podcast, that is a revenue producing task because obviously you are acquiring these huge audiences of your ideal people. If you get on the right podcast, which again is in the course, which shows them the right podcast for you to get on. So I don't know what to call those kind of tasks, but you know, the research you were talking about for the tag seems to me like for SEO, well, SEO that's research. I mean, I put both Anna and Zia through an SEO course because I, yes. I just didn't want to 
be bothered. It's like, yeah, I and let's talk about the- Yeah, and it wasn't in the beginning, it was like always I had the attitude, I have to go learn something and now I have to teach it. And I've learned that no, I can just give that learning directly to my team and say, hey, go watch this. And I don't even necessarily have to preview it ahead of time. Like here, this is what I want you to learn. And what I love about my team. So Anna, she is really great at really embracing the idea of that if there's something to do that we don't know how to do, she loves figuring it out. Like she's really strong that way and she enjoys it. So it's like, you know, can you figure out how we can automate this? Is there a tool we can use? Is there, and so she goes, does the research. I task her with the result of doing it, not just the task. So that's a huge shift um, that's huge. happened over the years. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's what we we talk about that in front of CEO, because when you are posting for your perfect match virtual assistant, or whatever you said, made the perfect porridge, whatever, I love that too. <laughs> but w- your perfect match virtual assistant, yes, if you're looking for someone who has certain computer skills, you know, that's, that's important, but it's not like, like if you need someone who knows how to do MailChimp, it's okay if the person is actually more proficient with get response or active oh, campaign, yeah. right? It doesn't really matter that they don't know MailChimp because they have the capacity. More importantly, we want to find people that have an interest, like you're saying Anna has, right? It's more about that. And so the process that we put out in front row CEO takes you through steps that basically screen for that as much as possible anyway. And then ultimately at the end, we have a trial week set up or it could be a trial month. And that is where really everything becomes crystal clear, whether or not you have a person with that sort of capacity and interest, because that really is key for sure. Yeah. And I would also add that I think it's important to find somebody who kind of fills in the gaps of what your weaknesses are. So what was really huge about adding Zia to my team is she's very detail oriented Mm -hmm. and Anna and I aren't. Anna and I are probably more similar Mm -hmm. in terms like of our Myers-Briggs. We're more big picture and the two of us are more likely to make detail mistakes where Zia, like we will actually have her audit like a sales page because you check all the links for us because she's so good at that. And it's so nice to have that balance on the team. So like be very, that's so great. Yeah. Be very careful not to hire a mini you because you're going to, the idea isn't to have another you it's to compliment what you already, what you already bring to the table. That's such a good point. I, I want to go back real quick to what you were saying about how, you know, you you bought an SEO course for them to watch and they ran with it. And people do so often think like, ah, oh, you know, how am I going to teach someone how to do a sales funnel, how to do a whatever if I don't know how to do it myself? And that is really one of the great beauties of this is that you outsource your brain. I mean, you outsource the learning as well now. The pushback I usually hear from that is, well, that's great, but if and when this person leaves, she's going to take or he's going to take all that knowledge that I've paid for, basically, is going to leave my business. And the way we get around that is with systems. And so basically, when we have a virtual assistant learn how to do SEO or 
Pinterest marketing or whatever, they're also creating a system for you in your business. So they're creating checklists of exactly what is going to happen, the action steps that your business is going to take from that learning and is going to repeat over and over again, it gets documented and it lives inside your business. So when you hire the next person, let's say, and this person doesn't leave because you've hired such a good virtual assistant and they feel like a part of your business that they're gonna stay with you for years. That's what we're going for. But there's gonna come a time when they might wanna move on to other things within your business and you're gonna hire a new person to do those, those tasks, the Pinterest marketing, the SEO. Well, now you've got everything systemized from the person prior and it's living in your business and you just, here, watch these videos, here's the checklist. How about it? Yeah, I would even add one more thing. Just like, yeah. I mean, that's like the ideal what you're describing. But even if you had the situation in the past where you showed somebody how to do it and they don't remember, I don't have that anymore. So right. I, I'll say to Zia, that's hey, me, actually, I don't remember. Right. Well, I don't remember if I explained it or not. And maybe she doesn't remember if I explained it or not. But now I'll say, hey, do you know how to do a pretty link? And she says, oh, I'm not sure. And then she goes to her list of, of all the things and she searches, oh, yeah, well, actually, I have I have a checklist in a video that you created for me so I can do that. So I don't have to, like, explain it again. She may have to review it again, which is fine, but I don't have to explain it again. It's like it's there. It lives there. So it's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I love it. And that's such a good point. Yeah, I have to revisit tutorials all the time. Like I oh, never can remember how to do like a domain forwarding. I think I've relearned that 8,000 times because you don't do it every day. You do it every once in a blue moon, you know? Or so. even getting the report from Zoom where they hide the report from a webinar because they really hide it. You know what I'm oh, talking yes. about? Like every time I'm like, where the heck is this? <laughs> totally, totally. You have to dig and dig and dig. And that saves so much time having it in your business recorded and cataloged. It's fantastic. Okay. So we covered a lot. What have we left out? Like, what do you want to know, like for your artists, particularly, or your creatives out there who are just like, well, I'm just, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I want to speak to a very specific segment right now. I want to speak to moms who are out mm -hmm, there. So whether mm -hmm. they're an artist or not, think about this. I like to think about it as a babysitter for your business. So instead of hiring a babysitter to watch your kids so that you can do these tasks that don't need to be done by you inside your business, like researching hashtags and SEO, you're paying somebody pretty much the same rate you might pay a babysitter to babysit your business so that you can spend time with those precious ones who are growing up so fast. So to think about it that way, it's like you're going to be spending that money anyway, but wouldn't you rather, instead of paying a babysitter so that you can do these menial things, pay somebody else to do it so that you can spend time with them? I mean, such a good point. Like, you know, there's so much out there about like having the laptop lifestyle and being a digital nomad and like, you know, being able to like find freedom so that you can go surfing, you know, while you're working. And it's like, no, I want to go, you know, the idea for me is, well, all those things are great too. And by the way, if I take a vacation, I definitely don't want to have my laptop on the beach. <laughs> I just want to be on the beach with no laptop and having my team at work and the revenue still coming in. But really, I think the freedom most of us want, and like, you know, whether it's the young moms that you're speaking to now or the older moms like me with high school kids and college kids and aging parents. Well, hey, the older know, they are, the more you want to spend time with them. Right. You're yes. interesting people. 
Exactly. Right. You're not changing they, their diapers anymore. You get to do things with them. Right. That's when it really gets fun, you know, and you don't want to say, oh, I would love to go to that, you know, to that thing that you just invited me to, but I can't because I got to, you know, I've got to do this, that or the other. Yeah. And then like, um, fill in the blank with some tedious thing. Like I have to, I have to like uh, schedule all my Instagram posts for the month. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, something no, stupid. Uh, like, like, really? You'd rather do that than spend time with whoever? Yeah. But you and I just both saw this, you know, really play out in real life. Um, very recently, you know, my mom, as you know, my mom got very, very ill in October and she has, you know, it, it required me traveling back and forth um, many, many times from South Carolina to Ohio and then bringing her back here and I'm her caregiver. And it was like, wait a minute. Like I basically, I mean, I disappeared in my business, but guess what? Nobody really knew that because of my team is, is a rock star team and we have systems in place. So more or less, we didn't miss a beat. I mean, I had to recycle some, I wasn't producing as much new content. My, my podcast was, went on hiatus a bit, but we were, you know, they were recycling older episodes and we didn't miss a beat. The revenue was still coming in. And that's the kind of freedom that I want in my life. So that if something like that comes up, I don't have to make that desperate choice of, yeah. you know, and, um, and but I that would happen. So as you know, that happened to me, yeah. my father-in-law, um, passed away in January and it was, it was a COVID death. And I had two webinars the day that he passed and that was a car open week, but I was able to be present for my husband and my family and also present with my own emotions that week because we weren't doing things last minute. Things were already set up. I didn't have to handle customer service. All those emails that come in when you are launching something, my team handled it. So I was able to be present for both my family and for myself during that time because of the support that I had built. I was really yeah. grateful to them that I was that I was able to rely on them so that I because I absolutely would not have been able to, I was not able to do those things and I didn't want to do those things that week. No, and I and I think to my early business days when I was running webinars, those were horrible days. <laughs> they were horrible days. I mean, like I remember the it was like traumatic even because I was trying to do, I knew all the things that needed to happen in a webinar and I really wanted to do it right. So I was trying to play big, like the big dogs, but that was just me, you know? So I was trying to do all those things. And, and if and now I think about throwing your situation into the mix, you know, with what you just went through on, you know, on those webinar days, what, what would have happened? I just would have had to cancel, cancel everything. Yeah, I, I, would mean, have lost I mean, obviously I would have, Chosen. I would have lost a lot of money too. Let's like, you know, we're not even talking about that, but yes. I mean, this is, it's not just a question also of like, okay, you're working when you don't want to work, but if I don't work, I invested over $10,000 in Facebook ads that month. That would have been, I would have ended the month in the red. Right. Right. Exactly. Also a huge consideration. So, I mean, it's nice to see the messaging about, you know, follow you, you know, follow your bliss and all this and the freedom and yada, yada. But really what it boils down to is being able to have choices to live life on your terms. And you can do that so much more when you have the support. And so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that story because, and, and I got this today. I want to share this. Oh, well, darn, my phone's turned off, so I can't, it's going to take too long to turn it on. But I got a message via Voxer from one of the graduates of Front Row CEO. And she sent me a picture of the snow in her backyard in Texas. And then Crazy. she wrote a paragraph of everything that has happened, pipes busted, school canceled, 
no electricity, no water and no internet. So she was able to send me the message of the cellular network. And she was like, this is just unbelievable. And she said, I never was so grateful for having a team as I have been, you know, in these last couple of days, because they have kept everything going. And she's also headed into a big launch, but she's been able to just like not completely freak out during this crazy time because she has that team supporting her. So I think we have gotten our message across that people (laughs) need support and it's doable and it's manageable. You know, the process seems overwhelming, but that is why I did create this program, Front Row CEO, because I wanted to make it as frictionless as possible and as unintimidating as possible and as effective as possible. So I have templated everything and I have made checklists and it is truly step-by-step. I really do walk you through. There's live support, all that stuff. So of course, I will put details with this episode for that. And I want to remind you to go and visit all of Miriam's amazing free resources that she has. I'll put all the links down below. And um, thank you so much, Miriam. This was so much fun talking to you as it always is and very enlightening. Oh, thanks for having me. But can I share one more thing before we call this podcast complete? No, it's over. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so earlier I said that like if your dream only involves you, your dream is is too small. I would add one more thing to that, and that is you're never going to go further than your dream. So you like get into the habit of dreaming big cuz you're always going to be limited by the size of your dream. That is so good. That's like I had to let it sink in for a minute, but that's so good. Well, thanks. You've given me my sound bites for the promo of this episode. <laughs> All right, that I'll see that in the audiogram. Just don't use this image. I don't I don't have lipstick on. You look gorgeous. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Miriam. Thanks everybody, and we'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed our chat today. Don't forget to check out Miriam's podcast, The Inspiration Place. That's at shulmanart.com slash iTunes. And that's spelled S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N-A-R-T.com. Shulmanart.com slash iTunes. And if you want to know more about my program, Front Row CEO, which promises to help you find your perfect match virtual assistant without pulling your hair out, head on over to frontrowceo.com. See you next time. This episode is brought to you by the Front Row VIP, a private membership hub for entrepreneurs looking to grow their businesses with smart marketing strategies, productivity hacks, and solutions for systemizing. This high-value membership includes twice-monthly strategy calls, monthly content planners, special events, monthly guest experts, and a networking community of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet. Get started today at frontrowvip.com.